Good morning. Welcome to Little Collegiate Church. We're, great, we're grateful to have you in worship with us. This is the third week in Advent. We have already lit the candles for hope and peace, and today we light the candle of joy. Let us pray. God of all, we can hardly contain our excitement for your coming into our world. Like the unwrapping of a present, you reveal your joy to us over and over again. Remind us that you are in the midst of our joy as well as in the midst of our pain. Help us continue to live in the hope, peace, and joy of Advent as we celebrate Christ's arrival. Amen. Amen. Rejoice, rejoice, Middle Church. Good morning, how are you? Good morning. Uh, my name is Bertram Johnson. I'm the Minister of Care and Spiritual Development here, and it's my joy to welcome each and every one of you who are here worshiping with us today. I also want to take a moment to wel uh, welcome uh, those who are worshiping with us online from the comfort of their home or coffee shop or wherever they are around the world. Know that we share God's Spirit with you there. If you are worshiping with us for the first time, will you please raise your hand just so that we can see who you are and welcome you. Now that your hands are up, will you just say the town that you're from? Seattle. Greenville, South Carolina. Where? Indiana? Welcome, welcome. 
Someone else back here. Accra, wonderful. International friends today. Anyone else? Any other? Yes. From France, welcome. Always a joy to have you here. Anyone else? Regardless of where you're from, uh, worshiping with us online or here in person, know that we pray that you take middle spirit with you wherever you are. Know that we care for you. If you're interested in joining our movement, you can uh, see me after worship here at the front of the sanctuary. I have a couple of other announcements. I want to let you know that this afternoon, at two o'clock here in the sanctuary, uh, middle uh, players, our actors and writers group will be presenting their uh, end of year program. Uh, that's from two o'clock until four. And that's a reminder, we will be hosting Christmas Eve for services here. Our children start at seven o'clock and nine o'clock. It gives you time to get home to watch Christmas Eve from the middle. Uh, yes. I thought we were here that Sunday, just two weeks ago when we recorded that. Uh, and it will be airing on the Fox TV on Christmas Eve. So we're worshiping for watching the night. You can watch the night too. Uh, let's see, is there anything else? One other thing. So regarding Christmas Eve, uh, we're going to be promoting the service, uh, the, our worship gathering on uh, CBS uh, through our social media. And if you have questions about how to do that, you can see me also for that information after worship. Again, thank you for being here and for joining us in worship today. And now we have a special presentation from our youth. Okay, it is time for the message for all ages. I am spreading the blanket. Can you help me spread that side? Thank you, you are so ready, I love it. Young, young at heart, join me on the blanket this time right in front of the stage. And we are gonna be doing a special Christmas story together. So I need at least 10 people. So young people, you can still make your way up here. If you're young at heart, you might even get a to join. A special Christmas story, do you mean yeah. like a pageant? That, Are you having a pageant? That's what I mean, yeah, a Christmas pageant. Well, today is your lucky day. Miss Patty Poinsettia of Patty's Proper Pageants, making pageants great again. <laughs> I have everything you need to make your pageant proper and perfect. Ooh. Now, let me see. Okay, we need a Mary. Let's see. Oh, yes, you, you can be Mary. And you are the right age, the tallest boy. He'll be Joseph. Shepherds, shepherds, they're from out of town. So some of those people from Seattle and Indiana, they can be shepherds. Um, <laughs> angels, angels. Oh, oh. It looks like we only have one halo, so one angel, but we'll need the cutest person to be the angel. Oh, wait, that's my phone. Hold on one second. Patty's proper pageants, please proceed. Preposterous, please pause. Excuse me, I have to take this. Find the cutest child to be the angel, I'll be right back. Oh. No one gets a role just because of how they look or where they're from. You choose your role on base, based on who God made you to be and how you connect to the story. Marta, will you help us? I sure will. Look, she left her notes. Let's see who we need to tell this story. Angels came to share good news and changed a lot of people's views. Do not be afraid, they said, and comforted those filled with dread. They shared the story of Jesus' birth, bringing peace and joy to the earth. Angels share good news and help people feel brave. Okay, so who here likes to share good news? You can raise your hand for me, friends, if you like announcing good news. Okay, I got Mimi and Raja. Yes. You can be an angel as well. I think this will work. But wait, we only have one halo. I guess we can only have one angel. This halo is really big though. I think if we share what we have, everyone will have something. Okay, That sounds Sandra. like God's economy. If we share what we have, there's enough for everyone. Love it. Okay, we got three angels coming. Oh, maybe even four angels coming. Skylar and Mimi, there you go. Go join up on the stage, angels. Our first, our first angels, they're ready to go. Uh, who's next, Henry? Mary, a girl from Galilee, was to Joseph a bride to be. An angel appeared with news to bring that surely changed everything. 
She would give birth to a precious son, the child of the Holy One. Upon learning about her baby boy, Mary praised God with a song of joy. Okay. So, Mary so we're going to have Mary's song of joy. But now that we have our angels in place, we have a really important part for them. Whenever you hear the word afraid, I need you to say, don't be afraid. Let's try it right now. Afraid. Don't be afraid. Nailed it, nailed it. Okay, angels, let's see. What about Mary Genevieve? So Mary may have been afraid. Don't be afraid. But she chose joy and to give God glory, and to give glory to God. Right, Genevieve. Okay, so who can show me joy? I need to see joy on your faces. Okay, I got you, Jordana. You're gonna be Mary. You got a joyful spirit about you. Sarah's gonna cook you up. All right, who's next, Genevieve? Joseph was engaged to Mary. They were getting set to marry. So he, so he may have been a little riled to learn that he was now with a child. To, to learn that she was but an angel made him a believer and he decided not to leave her. In his heart, he knew the right thing to do. So to Mary and the baby, he was true. Wow, it sounds like Joseph was afraid. Don't be afraid. But, but did the right thing even when it was hard. Okay, so who here knows about doing the right thing even when it's challenging? Oh. Yeah, okay, I got Dominic, I got Josephine. Um, but I just need one Joseph. So Dominic, you go for this one. We got some more roles coming. Okay. Uh, we have our Joseph. Who comes next, Henry? Caesar Augustus issued an order forcing Joseph and Mary to a new border. They, they traveled to Bethlehem through all kinds of weather because families belonged together. To find a room, they were not able, so Mary gave birth inside a stable. Animals like cows and sheep watched the baby wake and sleep. The good news of Jesus' birth was for all the creatures of the earth. The animals remind us that peace and joy are meant for all God's creatures. We have to take good care of the earth. So who likes animals and taking care of nature? Raise your hands with me. Yes, Alexander. Sure, Josephine. I need a few more animals. Look at these cool ears Miss Sarah has. Will you go join us animals right now? Yeah, you too. I'd love to have you be animals. Carlo, do you want to be an animal as well? Okay, you boys can go too. Yeah, Freddie. All right, we have our donkeys, we have our sheep. So it sounds like we might need some shepherds to take care of them. Shepherds with their flocks at night were greeted with an awesome sight. Angels came from far away to tell them where the baby lay. At first the shepherds were terrified, they may have even shook and cried. But their fear gave way to joy as they traveled to see Mary's little boy. So the shepherds were afraid. Don't be afraid. And they were also excited. Who knows what it's like to be scared and excited at the same time? Like maybe it's first day of school or you move to a new town. I think I got some good shepherds right here. Nico and Zane and Levi, come see Miss Sarah to be shepherds. Carla, you can jump in too. We got shepherds. Our stage is getting full, Genevieve. What happens next? High in the sky for all to see was a sight quite heavenly. A star was there to lead the way to where the baby Jesus lay, shining fully in its light to make the path of others bright. A star is, it, is a leader and a helper so people don't have to feel lost and afraid. Don't be afraid. Okay, Josephine, you're left. You love leading and helping out and helping your friends, so I think you would make for a great star. Let's have you join the stage. Who was following this star? There were, there were royal queens and kings, crowns on heads and gifts to bring, following the star above to find this revolutionary love, seeking love the whole world through, for that is what wise people do. If only we had some wise people who seek revolutionary love. Oh, look. I see some kings and queens out there, a whole lot of them. 
This looks great, but I feel like we're missing something. Yeah, we don't have Jesus. The baby isn't born quite yet. In Advent time, the place is set for hope, peace, joy, and love, and good things that come thereof when the gift of love is born to all of us on Christmas morn. Perfect. Okay. So, um, Mary and Joseph, will you hold this gift to represent the gift of love that is coming as the baby Jesus? Oh, what, what have you done? Does that look oh, good? Oh, this isn't proper. This is not proper at all. I'm afraid we're going to have... Don't be afraid. I mean, we're, we're ready. to show the new rules of God's reign. Will you help us share this news? You want me to be an angel? to be an angel. Well, this is not proper, but I would say it's just perfect. <laughs> Look at you! Look at you! Look at all of us! Oh, I have to get a picture for my new website, Patty's Progressive Pageants. Sharing God's reign every day. Oh, okay. make your best poses, okay. friends. Let me see. Ready? Yes. Perfect. tell the Christmas story. You did wonderful. Return your costumes to Miss Sarah and sing See a Humbo with us. Thank you, Marta and Sarah. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, Sandrine. I like the happy chaos, don't you? Yeah. A walk on Christmas play. Thank you guys for executing such a beautiful thing. Guys, this is the time in our community um, when we get to pray together. And I am inviting you to, to pay attention to what you are bringing with you today to worship. Um, have you been shopping in the craziness or boycotting the craziness? Holiday parties at work? Um, sad news in the media? Particularly, I'm thinking of my little girl named Jacqueline, my namesake, who's passed away in custody, if you will, um, on the border. And I'm thinking also about another little girl named Fee who spent the first night with me and Grandpa the other day. And so the kind of sorrow at the loss of Jacqueline and the joy of a new life in my life, don't you kind of feel like this season's got the both and going on? Yeah? And that's all good. We don't have to pretend like the shadow's not there. We don't have to put on a shiny persona. We can just be both and. And I want to invite you to be real in this time with God, because God already knows anyway. So let's take a deep breath and feel all the things. And after a moment of silence, we'll pray. Holy God, we come to this place, this sanctuary space, conscious of 
the very many blessings that we have. Um, to be in a community where we can be who we truly are, our authentic and real selves. We're conscious and thankful for the children and the parents of the children and the older ones in our congregation who have wisdom to teach us. Conscious of the music and the art that inspires us and conscious God of your breath floating here, filling us. And also God in our bodies are the things in the news, uh, prison sentences for lawyers and incarcerated refugees in unsafe conditions and treated as though they are not beloved. We're especially conscious because it is a refugee baby that we honor in this time. And so we ask, oh God, that you would help us to be instruments of your peace, that we would, as messengers of light and love and joy and hope, use our lives, our resources, our prayers, our talents, really to make your rain come on earth as it is in heaven. Some of our hearts are heavy because holidays bring the reminder of lost loved ones, somebody's missing at the table. We ask that you would be so kind and gentle to those of us who grieve. And all the way around the nation, all the way around the globe, all the way around this city, where there's hunger, where there's cold apartments, where people are struggling just to make ends meet, God, we ask your intervention. Make us generous in our hearts, in our lives, so that we can share what we have with the world, our hope, our dreams, our ability to do amazing things. And we pray especially for the family of little Jacqueline, who will not have her with them this season. And God, in whatever way you can use that horrific tragedy to make a world aware of how much you want us to love each other, we ask you to do that. There are so many things, God, that we pray and we just ask you who know us more than we know ourselves to hear our prayers. Incline your ear to us, God, and grant us your peace and your joy. In your many and powerful names, amen. Will you stand as you are able, willing, connect with your neighbor by the hand or by the shoulder if you have a cold? <laughs> and let's continue to pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Pray the way you know it. Pray in the language you learned it. And let us pray together. Ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the reign, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. a gift we have to share with one another. So please greet your neighbor in peace and also our new visitors. Peace be with you all.
our young people lead us in a progressive pageant and thank you young people for preaching to us already today as we continue to worship join me in prayer to the one who invites us all to the stage of life we find joy in your meeting us here oh God Open our hearts and minds now as we dive into your word. May it illuminate us in this season of sparkle in ways that are authentic to your light. Amen. Amen. Show of hands if you have heard a sermon on Zephaniah recently. Oh, you came to the early service. Don't look at them. Show of hands if you knew that Zephaniah was a book in the Bible. Still the early worshipers. Okay, a few people, a few people. Well, now that we're being honest with each other, I'll tell you that one of the best things about starting to work at Middle Church during this season of CBS is that you feel like you're always a few days behind. So cue Ellen calling and asking my sermon text a few weeks ago. Then on second look, realizing a text had already been chosen for me because I should have chosen it months before. So Zephaniah is actually given to us today from Jackie Lewis herself, but more, more importantly, it is our Old Testament lectionary reading for this third Sunday in Advent. So hear now a word from the Lord in Zephaniah chapter three, verses 14 through 20. Sing aloud, O daughter Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has turned away your enemies. 
The king of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall fear disaster no more. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst. A warrior who gives victory. The Lord will rejoice over you with gladness, renew you in his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing as on a day of festival. I will remove disaster from you so that you will not bear reproach for it. I will deal with all your oppressors at that time. I will save the lame and gather the outcast. I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time, I will bring you home at the time when I gather you, for I will make you renowned and praised among all the people of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. A word from God for the people of God. So we do know a few things about Zephaniah bin Cushi, this lesser known prophet that he is. Zephaniah was a person of considerable social standing, likely in the royal lineage, a fourth generation descendant of Hezekiah, of African descent whose skin was darker than most other prophets of the day, who prophesied during the reign of King Josiah. Zephaniah, coming to us in between Habakkuk and Haggai, just to make it even better, isn't a long book, only three chapters. The first two are vastly different than the last. The first two display a brutal assault against anyone who dare worship other gods than the great Yahweh. Harsh judgment on Israel's enemies. They focus on the wickedness of Jerusalem and they tell the story of a country ruled by fear and of waiting. By the time we get to chapter three, the text you just heard for today, it's a different tone. Zephaniah promises that God's anger will be followed by peace and restoration. The time of punishment he foresaw in the earlier chapters has ended and a time of rejoicing and a new order of justice for the poor has begun. Why is this context important? Zephaniah's message today has its deepest significance when we read it in contrast to what has come before. We can truly appreciate God's liberating entry into the world only in contrast to the previous state of faithlessness, fear, and hypocrisy. It's important because the story of our existence isn't only chapter three. If Zephaniah were here today, he would also find a nation socially and politically driven by fear, wouldn't he? We're afraid of so many things. We fear immigrants. We fear black boys in hoodies. We fear a poor mother sitting on the floor in a social service office in Brooklyn with her one-year-old baby, so much that we would yank the baby from her arms. We fear loss of power, of control. We fear sitting alone with ourselves. Because if we do, we might have to really think about some things. In sitting with ourselves, we might realize that we have helped manufacture this state of fear. And now we fear what we've created. We've helped manufacture our current state by willfully continuing the structures of a nation built on white supremacy and lies and on the backs of immigrants and indigenous people, a nation whose allegiance is more often to the secular than to the holy. Yes, fear rules our land today, and we are waiting for peace, redemption, and on many days, joy. But if Zephaniah were walking around today, he would reiterate his call to join the God of the universe in gathering in and caring for all. He would remind us that God re reveals herself in the midst of these things of terror and fear and disaster. 
Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst. I find myself focusing on God being in our midst as I wrestle with this passage in the state of our current world. One where on the sixth anniversary of the Sandy Hook massacre, Sandy Hook elementary students were evacuated due to a bomb threat. Where swastikas are spray painted on Jewish professors' walls at Columbia and all over the world. And where seven-year-old Jacqueline McKean died of dehydration in shock in the custody of Border Patrol this week. I'm in your midst, Israel. Daughter Zion, Sandy Hook, Jasmine Headley, Centoya Brown, Jacqueline McKean, Puerto Rico. I, the Lord your God, am in your midst. Really? Then what does it mean that God is in our midst? In that midst? This is no longer prophecy. Christ has come. So what does it mean that God is in this midst? God in our midst is both a promise of what can and will be, and at the same time, a call on our lives to participate in bringing about the fullness of God's dreams for the world. The outcasts are not all gathered. Disasters are not all removed. Fear remains. But nevertheless, God breaks through and promises joy of gathering outcasts because that's who God is. And this is where we find ourselves. This is where the not often talked about or preached about prophet Zephaniah finds himself. An understanding that we live in the in-between. After the birth of the brown Jewish refugee, refugee baby Jesus, but before the full revelation and realization of God's dreams. We're in the middle. Middle. You can quote me. <laughs> and what do these in-between times, what we do in these in-between times, in these middle times, is what defines our lives. More importantly, it defines what we mean when we say we are people of faith. The promise of God in our midst is comforting, but it's also uncomfortable. It's comforting because we know we are not alone. We are covered by love and surrounded by glimpses of grace, even today. It's comforting because we know God travels in hopes with us and for us. It's uncomfortable because God in our midst must also make us stop and ask why our world doesn't mirror God's hopes and dreams. Katie Sheese writes, in Advent is actually quite political, that there may be nothing more radical and politically important than the notion that we are both anticipating the coming kingdom of God and offering glimpses of it today. And we participate in that duality, in that claiming the majesty of God and the ushering in of what is to come every Sunday when we pray as we just prayed, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Professor Willow McGinley lectures on upholding the ache. How she describes this living in between. Our world is ripe with loss, injustice, loneliness, disease, capitalism, things McGinley calls aches. But, she writes, we can either choose to live in such a way that upholds these aches, or we can live in a way that allows the aches to diminish our divine spark and drive. We can choose. Our sacred scriptures have another word about how we might live with these aches, this in-between, this in-the-middle as well. Hear now from Isaiah 58, 
Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall rise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. Do you know what a breach is? It's a gap. It's the in-between. It's the middle. And we are called to be repairers in this gap life situates us in. The gap reminds us that we still have a job to do. The aches remind us that we still have a job to do. Our fears and the state of the world, even this week, remind us that we have a job to do, to repair the streets, to repair the breach, to expect God to break into the world again every day and every Christmas to motivate our participation in the redemption of the world. Do not let your hands grow weary, daughter Zion. Do not let your hands grow weary, middle church. And we don't always. I know that God is in our midst because I see it in this movement of revolutionary love. When we went down to the border and cried up at Cayuga, and when we will go back to the border in January. I saw God in our midst on Tuesday night when I saw five of you, regular weekly volunteers at New Sanctuary Coalition, an organization right here in our backyard working towards immigrant justice that Laura will speak about later. God is in our midst when we wear our pronoun buttons, a collective declaration that we recognize divinity in a breadth of gender identities. And God will be in our midst when we will read as a congregation white fragility and confront white supremacy anew. Some of you have already started. God is in our midst because as a movement, we understand how far we've yet to go to fully usher in God's dreams. How is God in your midst today? How is God in your midst this season? This work, this life, this being in the middle should bring us joy. It's no accident. This is on the Sunday where we celebrate joy. It should move us to our knees in prayer and to the streets in protest, but it should also bring us joy. Don't forget that chapter three is a song of jubilation, of God singing and shouting with joy over love restored and relationships mended. Because God wants nothing more than for us to know her love and to allow it to inspire us to change the world. In his poem, The Hammock, Lee Young Lee writes, there are stars we haven't heard from yet. They have so far to arrive. This Advent, I invite you to not only wait for the one star, it's an important one, yes, to not only look for that one star, let's wait for each other. Let's wait for ourselves. Let's look for one another. Let's believe that we have far yet to go. Zephaniah was both a dreamer and a realist, and we are called to be both as well, because there are many stars that we haven't heard from yet. Amen. Amen. I'm Laura Kogel, and I'm the non-Christian in an interfaith marriage, and we have been welcomed here in this sacred space for 33 years. 
In my practice as a therapist, I have witnessed how upset people are, especially since the orange one had been installed, and how different chaotic or racist or undemocratic moments have set off different individuals. Interestingly, we therapists are in the same boat as everyone else. And my own turn came from meltdown when I learned this past July that they were separating children, even babies and toddlers, from their parents. Knowing about trauma and brain development, I lost it. My sleeping went kaput, and I felt upset all the time. Of course, I worked with myself to understand what was being triggered from my own past, and that helped, but it wasn't enough. Jackie, bless her, sent me an email that there was a meeting at Judson Church to gain support for the SCAR bill, which was calling for accountability of the places in New York State that warehouses the children who are torn from their parents. Having been unable to attend Middle's protest at the center in Harlem, and feeling just desperate to do something, I went, I met Amanda there, and I heard Ravi, the head of the New Sanctuary Coalition, announce their need for help for the many immigrants, whom we call friends, the hundred or more who pour in each week for help with applying for asylum at the Tuesday night clinic. Since that day in August, I have attended weekly, and I began sleeping again. With a wonderful team of two young people, I learned from our friend how she had to flee Honduras, fleeing both domestic violence and the violence of the Las Pandillas, the gangs, making come alive the stories that you hear on TV. We worked for three months taking down her story and helping her in many other ways. Finally, when the end came, she read her story and she said, you know, she read the Spanish version that we had translated, not me, unfortunately, but somebody had translated, and she said, quote, it was like we had been there with her. That was such a gift to us. As Amanda said, glimpses of God and repair work. New Sanctuary Coalition believes in empowering our friends, believes that migration is a human right, and that the current system is based on racism and prison and military expansion. It has many ways for people, oh, New Sanctuary Coalition has many ways for people to be involved, and there are now many working with us. I see Sherry Carpenter over there, and Kelly is doing administration works. There's different projects that people can be involved in, and I'm very happy to talk with anybody who would like to participate, and also, if you know Spanish, you are a godsend to this organization. Um, as you can hear, Middle is always in the thick of it, protesting at that Harlem detention center, um, already once having gone to the border with love and funds, and doing so again this January in the 40-day action to meet the caravan at the border, which also anybody is welcome to do. Middle has an ambitious program to help change the world, to empower each of us to find our individual way and level of participation to make a difference while we are here on earth for a short while. From smiling on the street to fighting mass incarceration to going to the border and to sending me to a meeting. So I invite you all dear people of warm hearts, if you haven't, to join this movement you can see Bertram at the pulpit after worship to find out just how easy it is. And remember your donations, power, love here and at the border. Please give generously. Thank you.
holy mystery, we give you thanks for the gift of our lives that you have redeemed from chaos and given us peace. God, we pray that the gifts given today of both time and tithe would be healing. Let it be transforming love and light. Let it be liberating justice for all your people in the city and throughout the world. We pray this trusting in your holy names and your love for us. And all God's people said, Amen. place but never from God's grace. Go knowing that you are daughters and sons of a living God, a God who is in our midst, a God who comforts us but also makes us uncomfortable. Go knowing that you are loved and you are love. Go enjoy. Amen. Uh-oh. Amanda and Bertram are doing such a great job. I just want to go ahead and want to do a great job. Of course, Bertram. Bertram! I said Amanda and Bertram. Bertram, I think, went over there to have a meeting with someone, but they're doing a great job. And I just wanted to tell you, because all of you keep asking, yes, we got glory. Okay. Yeah. And we're going to give you lots of information to share this week about CBS, but yes, we got glory. All right, that's it. Thank you for... Amen. Amen. And amen.